Listener Production. Hi, this is Paul McIntyre. Welcome to the MI3 Audio Edition. I've been a business journalist for 25 years covering the marketing, media, agency and tech sectors. In this series, we talk to industry leaders about the global and local developments that you need to be across this week. Well, welcome to part two of the Cheats Guide to the ACCC's Digital Advertising Services Report. In part one, our go-to ACCC regulatory team of industry experts laid out their top-line thoughts. The sledgehammer wasn't quite there for everyone bar Google, but it's still coming if industry doesn't get on the front foot. Retailers, telcos, actually pretty much everyone building a data business could be swept up in the new powers the ACCC wants from the feds to contain big tech. Here's our breakdown of five of the six recommendations in the final ACCC report to the federal government on the digital advertising services inquiry. The first recommendation, of course, was covered in part one yesterday, which no doubt you've already listened to. On the mics again today for the follow-up are Peter Leonard, Professor of Practice at UNSW Business School, Advisor at law firm Gilbert and Tobin and Principal of Data Strategies. Joining Peter is Gayla Roy, CEO at the IAB, Dan Stinton, Managing Director at The Guardian Australia, and Christian Kroom, Chief Investment Officer at OMG. Buckle in, because as our experts say in this two-part series, apathy won't work for the industry this time. It is no time to ignore the regulators. Enjoy the series. The recommendation two is the ACCC should be given powers to develop sector-specific rules to address conflicts of interest and competition issues in the ad tech supply chain. Peter, to you first again. Uh, what does this mean? Uh, what, should, what do we need to know? So this is really about the ACCC having the power to set so-called ex-ante rules, rules before the event to regulate how an industry sector works. And traditionally in Australia, we've been reticent to give regulators those kinds of powers. We did it in the telecommunications sector to force opening up for uh, Optus and then later Vodafone, uh, then MBN. We've done it in some other industry sectors such as ports and energy in order to accommodate competition. In each case, what we've tried to do is to um, give the regulator reserve powers but let industry try and sort it out first in the knowledge that the regulator might use those reserve powers if industry can't sort it out first. So the question here is, what the recommendation actually says is the rule should be developed in consultation with industry and should be proportionate to the competition issues and conflict of interest issues that they're aimed in addressing. But what the ACCC doesn't say is industry should have a go at doing this first knowing that Rod Sims is leaning over industry's shoulders and ready to intervene if industry can't do it. And I would have thought that this recommendation should set industry the task first. Dan Stinton, what is the ACCC concerned about here and, and your take on this? Why, why, why does it want industry or sector-specific rules? What's concerning the ACCC there uh, on that? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting um... Peter and I normally agree on everything, but I think I'm going to slightly disagree with him on this one as well. Um, <laughs> Love a bit of tension. <laughs> Look, I, I mean, I would argue there are systematic problems here uh, and it relates to what I said again at the start, and that is that you've effectively got uh, one player which has 90 to 100% control of the supply of advertising inventory 
and uh, 80 to 90% supply of the demand. And though the interests of uh, advertisers and publishers are not aligned, and that's the, that's the fundamental sort of systematic problem here, if you like. Advertisers obviously want the cheapest price possible uh, and publishers obviously want the highest price possible. And when you are representing both, it's uh, someone's got to lose out on that. And the problem is that because the supply chain is so opaque, it's really difficult for uh, publishers to know whether or not they are actually getting a fair deal or not. Um, but equally, as I said, it's also impossible for advertisers to know if all their spend is going to the right places and the fees are proportionate. So more transparency would solve this. So how has Google made that hazy? Why is the ACCC concerned about it being such, such a fuzzy, hazy sort of um, uh, process in, inside that whole chain? Well, the problem is I just don't think you can solve it uh, when you can't even see the problem. So, I mean, I think if, if there's more transparency in the system, then at the very least, the regulator will be able to see whether there is any self-preferencing uh, going on. I mean, the ACCC have found pretty strong evidence that there is, according to this report. Explain self-preferencing to the audience, Dan. What's the issue there? Because it comes up a lot in this report. Okay, so take take The Guardian. We, we make our inventory available in the open marketplace. Um, there's We're plugged into a lot of different demand sources from advertisers. Um, Google wins the vast majority of uh, the auctions. Um, now, most likely that is because they've got most of the demand, but the problem is, is that we don't actually know that for certain. And there may be other advertisers that are prepared to pay a higher amount for our inventory. And because of the way that the pipes are set up um, and, and the plumbing that exists uh, largely on Google's tech, it's really difficult for us to be able to control that. Um, there's unified pricing rules. There's, there's a whole bunch of things. We can go down a technical rabbit hole here, but I'll, I'll sort of stay, stay out of it for the time being. But effectively, the problem is there is uh, both the incentive and ability for um, one large player, namely Google, to be able to preference their own demand sources over others. And uh, I think the ACCC is seeking systematic powers in order to be able to prevent that from happening in future. And, and we support that. We think that's ultimately a, a good thing and is needed. Christian Kroon on that. For me, there's a lot here that agencies have not been happy about on behalf of their advertisers for a long time globally. And while Google is obviously the focus of this report, uh, Amazon's obviously come into self-prefacing issues in uh, the EU. And as we get larger and larger ad tech and media businesses, the, the self-preferencing piece becomes a bigger and bigger issue. And I think for competition and innovation that, that drives better outcomes for our advertisers, this is important. And I think it should also be viewed as not being, while it's a Google conversation today, potentially, we can see a number of large businesses globally that this would also be applicable to potentially in the future. It's good to have guide rails on these kinds of issues and you see them in other industries uh, such as finance. So um, yeah, overall recommendation to we're positive. So you, you're with the ACCC and wanting that to happen? Yes. And and not ju this is not a Google specific issue for us. There's an awful lot of businesses or business collectives you know, and they're all looking at Google and Google's position and using that as their reason for their own behaviour. Like, like who, Christian? Don't you have to name names? But what, what are you? What, what is this sort of operation or service that you're talking about there? Services. Uh, understandably, Google have. You can name names, by the way. <laughs> you get vertically integrated businesses, so obviously self-preferencing can be an issue there. 
But I can understand that more broadly in the market, if you're competing against Google and they have only made YouTube inventory available through their ad tech, you're also asking why wouldn't you gateway all your inventory through one particular provider or your own technology? That does not, in our opinion, lead to better outcomes for our clients. And so I think frameworks in these areas are important and we would like to to see a bit more um, from regulators to help the market work efficiently. Gay Leroy, you got some thoughts on that? A couple, and, and one sort of links off what Christian's saying. I think this is definitely a flag for other players um, from my point of view, even though the you know within the document it, it, it sort of points to Google, but definitely there's, there's other um, businesses that are growing in interesting ways um, that need to have a think about how this could play. So are we talking here about different media channels or ad tech players or are we talking about... I'm talking about people who are creating probably inventory and have other aligned businesses. They could be retail businesses. They could be a, you know, there's a whole lot of, I guess, blurring of lines of different types of businesses that are coming together. Um, and all of those really need to think about how they're, how they're going to operate with their different roles in, in the market. And then I think the other thing for this point, and it's hard to separate it completely from some of the, I guess, the more tangible recommendations further on around transparency, um, because if some of the, uh, the areas that are in recommendation four and then, God forbid, six, if we don't do our job properly, um, do help with this number two. So it's, it's creating frameworks for transparency, which not only will help Christian get, you know, better deals for advertisers, help Dan get more money, um, but in theory, it should help us keep sort of a, a v- overview of any of the more sort of structural problems that come into the market. Well, you mentioned recommendation four and six, and we're on two. I'm getting worried already. Um, but Peter, I just need to ask, um, come back to you. So can industry, you made the point earlier, can industry set their own, um, sort this out themselves uh, without the ACCC's help? Because you're saying that, you know, ACCC's, maybe there's a bit of overreach there in what it wants to do, but can industry really sort this, this stuff out? Because we haven't to date. The regulator having powers to intervene creates strong incentives for industry to sort out the problem themselves. And the regulator today doesn't have the strong powers to intervene. So listening to the comments that were just made, I mean, I think where the panel is probably in loud agreement that there needs to be increased transparency through the supply chain um, as to pricing, um, potential conflicts of interest and um, uh, to address allegations of self-preferencing. The question is how to get to that transparency and do you trust the regulator to do it or should the regulator have the powers to, to intervene if industry can't do it? So industry may not be able to do it today because the regulator doesn't have the reserve powers to create the incentive that brings the parties to the table to a negotiation. Um, but the, in my view, industry should be the ones to sort it out first. And then there's a separate question of, should the regulator now be given the reserve powers in order to for there to be somebody standing there with a big stick to hit, hit the industry players if they can't sort it out themselves. Yeah, so you're arguing for a distant stick that hovers. Um, Dan, do you think industry can sort it out? I think that the industry can definitely work together to create much more transparency. And I think that does go a long way to solving a lot of the problems that are here. Um, Is it enough, though, 
when you're when you have um, such a dominant player in the market. I'm not sure, but I, I I think I agree with Peter that, and this is part of the recommendations later in the report, right? Um, I'm sure Gabe will speak to this, but there is a real opportunity for the industry here to work together and solve some of these problems that we've all talked about for years, right? I mean, nothing in here is surprising. We've all been calling for more transparency in this. Uh, I would argue that the IAB has actually taken quite a leadership role in this and trying to set standards to facilitate more transparency. Um, so yeah, I am hopeful. Um, I think it's, I'm more hopeful now when there's a massive stick from the ACCC saying, if you don't sort this out, we're coming in to sort it out for you. So I think that's a pretty good incentive to to get our skates on. Yes, it goes back to the distant stick argument, right? So recommendation three. Now we're getting we're halfway, and we'll be fast on this last three. But three, the power to introduce sector specific rules should allow the HBC to address competition issues caused by an ad tech provider's data advantage. Some of the stuff uh, wrapped up in that is data separation, which is interesting. Um, Peter, uh, again to you on this. Uh, what does it mean? how likely is it to land? The question, I suppose, should start with how much does transparency achieve? Transparency enables industry to understand how and where data has been captured on complex um, value creation chains um, and whether the allocation of value is, in their view, fair or not. This goes to the further question of do you effectively create internal barriers within um, within Google and other major players in order to address concerns with hard barriers as to what an organisation can do, can't do, and to also force interoperability or other uh, points of interface that the provider might not elect to make available. This is a really difficult question because um, it goes to the heart of the data architecture of um, major digital platforms. We sh can't, well, we can, we shouldn't go it alone in creating rules like this for global platforms, but um, we do need to think carefully about um, how you actually move beyond transparency into giving effect to transparency in how digital platforms operate. And that's a global issue, not an Australian issue. And I think there's a whole separate discussion of does the do we want the ACCC to be leading on this in a global world? Or um, can we expect, for example, the current action that's happening you know, a lot of action in the UK around this space. Um, and I think probably the CMA, the Competition and Markets Authority in the UK, is probably the most advanced in its thinking around what might be necessary and appropriate in this space. And um, so I'm not sure that we want the ACCC to try and change the world on this. 
Um, but there's a real issue here and uh, it does need to be solved. Well, I just want to be clear, though. So the, one, of the, one of the points that the ACCC says in the report is uh, around this particular recommendation is that it wants to essentially prevent an ad tech provider from using data as collected from its consumer-facing services. So let's just use Google because it's easy and it's easy. So, you know, whatever service Google has collects that and then puts it into a broader, um, a, a broader ecosystem in which it trades. It trades that. And basically the ACCC is wanting to try and stop that happening it wants to have it doesn't want it to combine and bundle up data from one service and use it in another that's am i getting that right no no i think that's probably exaggerating it paul that wouldn't be like me by the way the self-preferencing question is is a service provider um, using data to give it advantage over competitors that don't have access to that same data and then you get to the question of well, is that unfair to an extent that it should be um, uh, prohibited as an anti-competitive business practice? Christian Kroon, is that unfair then? I'll go back to Peter's original point, which is this is a fiendishly difficult one. And although it's a 200-page report, I'd actually like to see a lot more on on their use cases. Where does this start and stop? Um, because it's... This could go to, to so many different things across so many different media players, uh, retailers. There's an awful lot that this could lead to that doesn't necessarily help the consumer. Yeah, this one, I, I'm not entirely sure that we're with the ACCC. Want to know, because um, it's not just Google, it's then how would you apply it to everything else and does that work for the market or not? You, know, you can't just think purely about Google today because this is setting the rules for everyone. And I'm not entirely sure where it leads. So they need to give us a lot more understanding of their thinking. But when the ACCC talks about sector-specific rules, I mean, is it is it deliberately then trying to limit it to the fact that it's not going to go to retail or some other sector? Is it sector-specific? Sector-specific, again, this is probably why we need more conversation from them, is advertising technology. Well, that applies to every industry in the country where you are using something that will relate back to advertising, whether that be on your banking app, whether you are doing your shopping with a supermarket, whether you're buying trainers, whether you're paying your energy bill, they will all potentially be using some form of ad tech that could be Google, it could be Facebook, it could be Salesforce, Adobe, you know, the list can go on and on. And that's why I'd like to understand where does this really start and stop to see whether we think it's a, a positive or potentially an overreach. Recommendation four, um, which is industry should establish standards to require ad tech providers to publish average fees and take rates for ad tech services. So this is basically saying who's getting what, who's getting what take in the system, right? Christian Kroon, um, um, should there be more uh, transparency on what providers are doing and and, and and how much you know you're doing? <laughs> I love a loaded question, Paul. So... This has been going on for years, and there's been an awful lot of talk, talk and not a lot of action. The Isabar PwC report um, two years ago was very impactful. Look, on the demand side, if, if we're talking agencies, as agents, we've always had the right to audit the people we use in our side of the ad tech chain. What Isbar and PwC talked about was actually publishers, um, either through a lack of scale or if they were large, a lot of them hadn't done their due diligence and didn't have contractual rights to look at their own data or share it with the report. 
And it, it talked about a massive upskilling capability on the publishing side. But I think they found that incredibly difficult with the, an ad tech industry that doesn't seem to want to lean in on the supply side. So I think this is a good one. I would say average take rate probably doesn't go far enough in terms of what we would demand for our advertisers and are demanding for our advertisers. I think what you will see here is that um, large advertising groups will look to be in this space and give their clients the transparency they want. So I could see the market resolving this ahead of the ACCC. And this is one of the few uh, recommendations where I think that is the case. But I think there is a, a level of frustration from advertisers and agencies and they will they'll push for market change. Because this is about the intermediaries um, sort of trying to, to block transparency. That's what, That was the issue in the UK, wasn't it? The ad tech providers were the ones that weren't, didn't really want to uncover what, what, what they were taking. Uh, well, as I understood the report, um, when the publishers wanted to pull the information from SSPs, many of them simply didn't have the contractual right to do so. Um, so on the demand side, there was no problem getting the data. On the supply side, there was. Then there was a secondary issue was that you couldn't connect the two together. Right. Uh, from memory, they, they found 20 or 30 different ways of showing a timestamp. Right, right which made it extremely difficult to bring data together. So there's lots of layers in this. I think it's a very important area. There needs to be more conversation, not conversation, but action, um, concrete action. And you know, not just ourselves, but I know other advertising groups, we're all trying to push for, for more information that benefits our clients, and I think ultimately publishers too. Dan Sinner, you'd want to see a bit more on this, wouldn't you? You'd like to see some 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 um, some more numbers on what's going on with your with your inventory and what you're selling. Yeah, I mean, I think the problem, as identified by Christian, there is that it's it's on a publisher side, it's incredibly difficult for us to be able to carry out the audit right the way through. And I, and and actually, Christian, you you touch on the main problem here, and it's not. It's not so much having, well, at least in the Guardian's case, and I think with most most significant publishers, it's not so much having the right contractual right to do so. It's the inability to marry it up right towards the the demand um, with that one transaction the whole way through. And I think, or that one ID the whole way through. And I think uh, some kind of standards on this and transparency on this will help really substantially. I would just make one other point, though, if I could, and that is that that is by report. That was done at a time prior to the IAB really pushing some uh, transparency standards, which, look, haven't been wholesale adopted across the industry, clearly, but there has been some progress made on that, which has really limited some of the downside risk that was identified in that PwC is by report. So, you know, if everyone in the industry adopted the standards that the IAB is recommending, then I think we wouldn't have a significant problem here. The, the issue, however, is that not a lot of people or not enough people have and so this will, this will provide the imperative to do it. No, and that's it gets right back to the whole thing, doesn't it? It gets right hold back to this the need for a stick. And I, I'm clearly I'm leaning to sticks. Must like them for some reason. But the industry won't do stuff without the potential for being brought to task on it. Gayla Roy, you're, you've got some thoughts on this, surely? Yeah, definitely. Um, Dan sort of talked about the importance of the IB standards here, and he's right. There hasn't been wholesale adoption. We've seen really strong adoption on the um, publisher side, and, and they're the standards that have been out for a while. Um, the buy side transparency standards are newer, and that's been a little bit slower. 
Um, so joining those two pieces together um, will definitely help. It doesn't go as far as a transaction ID, which the ACCC have said at this point causes, you know, more privacy concerns than it solves, but it definitely... It's holding out on that. It's, still, it's just waiting for the privacy stuff. It's still it's still considering a transaction ID, isn't it? Well, consumer ID and transaction ID, but transaction ID, I think, you know, we can solve in a different way. And it, it's having that um, those clear pipes um, and then making if that audit level's needed, you know, easier, cheaper ways to do that, um, matching up the data, I think I think that will solve a lot. Um, and, you know, and again, call out to all my members, like, because making sure that we do adopt these standards is going to be a much more automated, efficient way of doing things than if we get to the stick level and we have, you know, got, God forbid, really clunky compulsory audits that are slow and, you know, manual. So um, there is the opportunity here to, to really sort of um, show how smart we are as an industry, how consolidated we are. Um, and, you know, we've seen our industries come together before and it's probably been in a, in a softer way. So we've done great initiatives like the digital ad practices. Um, MFA, MFA has done a lot of work with the AANA on, on their sort of um, different pieces. But um, this really needs all three sides of the industry to go. We've got a timeline. We need to show government we're acting. Um, and, you know, we've talked about this a bit. Transparency won't solve everything, but it gives you the data to work out what's going on and over time the market correcting to, to where it should be. Well, my money's on it not happening without a stick, so I'm putting it out there and I'll take some money from anyone if I win. How about that one? Let's get to recommendation five. We've got one to go. Uh, uh, Google should provide publishers with additional information about the operation and outcomes of its publisher ad server auctions. Dan Stinton, let's just go there. What is it, what are the, what's the ACCC getting at here? Look, I'm largely going to reiterate what I've said earlier, Paul, but but I think the issue is is the same one. It is that we really struggle to understand all the dynamics of the auctions that take place on our inventory and we really struggle to understand why any player not just google by the way is winning uh, a particular bid and the reason for that is that it's just too opaque and i think you know uh, again we come back to the same theme it's a little repetitive and perhaps a little boring but it is nonetheless what is going to ultimately solve this problem and that is that if if all of the um players in the ad tech supply chain were obligated to be transparent, uh, publishers would have a much better view then of who was winning the auctions for their inventory, whether they were winning them fairly. Um, and if not, to Gay's point earlier, then we would have the information at least to be able to solve that. So, you know, obviously we support this recommendation strongly. Christian Kroon, is there stuff happening in the system that uh, the ACCC is, it has uh, worked out? i.e. there is some preferential stuff here or there is there is a lack of transparency which leads to less than uh, ideal uh, practices? I'm not going to speak for the ACCC or Rob Sims. I think that would be a massive overreach on my part. What I would say, though, is from, a, from an agency and advertiser perspective, we would want the ad tech industry to listen to what seem to be quite legitimate concerns and queries from publishers and they need to fix this because if if our media partners lose faith in the system that's going to lead to worse outcomes for us and um you know i'm kind of dancing around the question because it is very hard to answer um and it shouldn't be it shouldn't be hard to to say yes or no as we've been able to say on some of the other recommendations so um i think on this one we'd be just um saying to everyone lean into the conversation with the publishers and, and talk about how you improve where we're up to and there's some very specific um areas the ACCC has, has pointed everyone towards having a conversation on 
So um, let, let's have that with a clear view on action and not just being in the same place in 18 months' time. Are you on this one too, Peter? Goodwill and industry goodwill will get it there or uh, and your take on this, in this recommendation five? The UK have been working on this issue for quite some time now and they're a long way ahead of the thinking at the ACCC around how to make real-time bidding um, more fair and transparent. Um, so I kind of think it's a bit irrelevant really because... Um, the UK will um, address this long before the ACCC will have the powers that they would like to address it themselves. So I'm looking to what happens in London and uh, not holding my breath for what might happen in Sydney or Canberra. How long is London away? I think it's probably um, months. Uh, It all got a bit derailed with COVID. Um, it looked like they were going to introduce new rules around it early last year and then it all got shelved. Um, but uh, I would expect that it's going to come back um, uh, in in some force fairly quickly. Final recommendation, uh, dear audience. We're there. We've done it. Recommendation six, the ACCC should be given powers to develop and enforce rules to improve transparency of the price and performance of ad tech services. Uh, these rules would apply across the Australian ad tech supply chain. Let me ask um, Christian on that one first. You'd like this, wouldn't you, Christian? The short answer is yes. It's um, yeah, We're lucky. We're a very big um, business here in Australia and globally. We have a huge number of very capable people. This is still a really complex area to be able to give information to clients that allows informed decisioning. So, um, Sorry, I should be clear here, Christian. We're, we're talking here about transparency in the entire ad tech supply chain as to previous recommendations, which are about Google's tech, tech stack. That's the difference here, right? And a common transaction ID, which um, Gay is far more knowledgeable on the, than I am, would be very helpful, not only from decisions made for campaigns, but also all the way through to our financial audits that we do with clients on a very regular basis. Um, so there's a lot here that would improve the general efficiency of an awful lot of processes that we follow today. So um, there's a lot to unpack, and um, I'm sure Gay's got got a lot more she can add in here. So over to you, Gay. Yeah, Gay, your your members has you have a lot of members that are in this in this exact uh, place, right? Their ad tech supply chain, they're in there. So what's your take on it? Look, I'm hoping we can do a lot of work on recommendation four, which is the voluntary and the industry solving part of it. So so six is definitely you know there as backup. We've talked about the ACCC sort of having that power. Um, but but I'm hoping we can focus on bringing, and, you know, Peter may be a bit cynical, but bringing the industry together so we don't have to have quite so much structure around government-driven regulation in this space. But the one thing I would say, and, you know, it might not make all my members happy, but this whole report being focused on, on one part of the system and, you know, the open side of things, a lot of that transparency, the verification su- suggestions, et cetera, should be across the board. We shouldn't just be looking at the sort of the, open sort of programmatic side of things it needs to we need to have the same rules the same level of transparency give christian and his clients confidence in you know whatever ecosystem they're, they're buying in so you know the the intent is right but i'm hoping recommendation four can um mitigate some of the the need for recommendation six but going back to the earlier earlier pwc mentioned uh in the in the uh, uk report 
and we talked about it, it was that particular part of the supply chain, the ag, ad tech providers that were not as forthcoming with the, the information and data that, that, that they needed. Isn't that what happened there? I think it was a it was a mix of things. It was definitely systems not being set up in the right way. Um, there was, you know, um, I guess demands of data in ways that weren't they weren't used to providing. Um, there's definitely been some improvements since then. Um, so there there is, you know, improvements with transparency, but I would like to see particularly that verification layer on top of um, the actual, you know, operation of any auctions um, to be to be across the board. Dan Stinton, any thoughts? Oh, look, I'm a bit on a unity ticket here with, with Gay and that I think I'm hopeful that the industry can clean up a lot of the mess itself. Um, but I, I have been in this game long enough to know that I, I think that ultimately the HLC is probably going to need these powers to, to do the job properly in total. Um, I do think, by the way, just on the, the common transaction ID, um, I, I think that idea has a lot of merit. We've spoken publicly about something similar uh, for some years now. It, it does potentially solve a lot of problems in that it enables a full audit of the system in a way which is which is really not impossible but really really difficult now and so there is merit to that but but like gay I, I certainly hope that the industry comes together and cleans up you know as much mess as they possibly can first before before the HCC comes in and just perhaps perhaps does the dusting. You you keep holding that hope, Dan and Gay. That's that's what I reckon. <laughs> the report wasn't really as damning as it as it could have been. You know, like we do keep talking about the mess of the industry. There was a lot of recognition of you know the value of the industry, the importance of targeting, um, the strength of the ad tech sector. So it wasn't you know I, I I found a lot of the knowledge in the report, the nods to what's happening in this market, but more importantly. Um, I guess that global market, so we're not moving at a different pace than other markets because it could make Australia. Some of the early suggestions could have put us sort of out of out of sync with other markets, which wouldn't have been good for anyone. Peter Leonard, final thoughts on recommendation on the final recommendation. You've got the final word. Look, uh, regulators. As a, I think I opened by saying regulators always want more powers, and they want more powers over everyone that they might conceivably want to exercise powers over. So it didn't surprise me that Recommendation 6, as it were, branched out from earlier recommendations focused around entities that had, as they called it, data power, to Recommendation 6 saying, and we want powers in respect of everyone. Um, So um, no surprise there. Um, I think it's a bit of an ambit claim um, by the ACCC, but may be useful to back up and as a reserve power to get industry to um, be more um, uh, empowered and uh, engaged with solving its problems. So no great surprise there. A little bit of surprise that the, um, the recommendations around common transaction IDs and user IDs sort of fairly breezily dismissed, I thought, with general references to, quote, data privacy concerns, unquote, without really unpacking how some of those concerns uh, have been anticipated and addressed in some of the recommendations around um, uh, cookie-less IDs. So, I was a little surprised that the ACCC didn't engage more in the detail around this space and just kind of dismissed it as 
um, kind of too difficult because of data privacy concerns. Just on that point, if I could jump in really quickly, Paul, sorry. But th this demonstrates, I think, the issue with, with doing this ad tech review uh, separate from the privacy review is exactly what Peter just touched on there. You're kind of fighting with one hand tied behind your back. And the problem in general, not always, but in general with going after something which is going to improve competition is it usually comes with the trade-off of uh, of making uh, of privacy um, being impacted. So uh, it's really hard for the ACCC to do this. And I think that perhaps is why they've, they've kind of skirted the issue. Uh, that's perhaps a little bit unfair, but they haven't gone into as much detail on this issue as perhaps they could have if privacy was part of the remit as well. I guess we just need that report to drop. So Dan and Peter, you're probably best, Dan, you've been working the corridors of power in Canberra. You have been in your media bargaining code. I've heard things. But Peter, and Peter, you know a lot about what's going to happen, uh, what, you know, the appetite for, uh, for Canberra and what's going to, what they're going to do with this. So I want to ask you two, what's your best guess on how the federal government will uh, respond to this? Uh, with a caveat, of course, that there's a bloody election in, in, in before May next year. So it could all go belly up and, and, and you could be a new government. But it, it, the current government, Peter, to you first, what's the appetite for the government to act on these recommendations? Look, I think regardless of their appetite, their ability to um, swallow um, is severely constrained by a looming election. So if you think about, you know, a possible pathway to change here, what the ACCC is saying is we need additional legislative powers in order to do various things. Well, by definition, that means that you've got to pass amending legislation through the Australian Parliament and you've got to firstly have Treasury pick up these recommendations, take them to Cabinet, get them agreed, then get the parliamentary draftsman to start drafting legislation get the legislation into the House, and guess what? Then the Parliament's going to be prorogued um, because um, we've got an election and all of the legislation that hasn't been passed then lapses and you've got to reintroduce it in the new Parliament. So I don't think much is going to happen out of this, regardless of the government's appetite to do something because it's about to be overtaken by an election. So. Um, Interesting question potentially for um, Q2 um, 2022, but um, whatever the government thinks today may be largely irrelevant because they can't do much without new legislation to implement these recommendations. Hypothetically, say Labor gets in, what, do they differ in all this stuff in, in you know, a 10-second answer? I'll give you a short answer. No idea. <laughs> great, great. Dan Stinton. Um, yeah, so the likelihood and the appetite for this to actually land with government, whether it's pre, let's, let's say that they get elected, will they come back and and, and what, what will they take up? I'll keep this brief. Look, I think they've demonstrated there's an appetite to take on these kind of reforms. Obviously, the News Media Bargaining Code is the best example of that. And I think one of the dynamics about this is that uh, most of the publishers, if not all of them, I think are supporting these recommendations. So you probably have a similar dynamic this time around. I just think practically, though, I mean, you have us coming out of lockdown, uh, going into uh, the Christmas holiday period, uh, and then an election. I think the chances of this happening this side of the election are pretty slim. 
Um, certainly, uh, I haven't spoken to anyone uh, from Labor. I think I'm less connected than you think I am, by the way, Paul. But um, my expectation would be that, that Labor would also be supportive of this. I, I don't think this is a partisan issue. I think it's a competition issue. Well, Gay, the industry will need to get all its goodwill and do things without the stick. Absolutely. We'll be driving it. Keep watching. Let's not keep listening. Gay Leroy, Peter Leonard, Christian Kroon, Dan Stinton, thanks for joining. Really good conversation. I actually know a lot more now than I did earlier, so thank you. This MI3 Audio Edition was presented by Paul McIntyre, that's moi, producer Nick Slater, music by Matt Dwyer. For more episodes, go to listener.com or download the Listener app and search MI3 Audio Edition to listen for free. Listener.